Welcome to the BCS Podcast, where we explore the basics of computer science concepts. I'm your host, Saran, founder of Code Newbie. And I'm Vaidehi Joshi, author and developer. And she is the brilliant mind behind the BCS blog series. Today, we're continuing our conversation about depth first search. This season of BCS is brought to you by Dev Discuss. Dev Discuss is a show I work on with the team at Dev, an international supportive community for developers. The show addresses the many burning topics that pop up on Dev every day and is hosted by Jess Lee and Ben Halper, two of Dev's co-founders. Past episodes have included unpopular opinions with Kelsey Hightower, staff developer advocate at Google Cloud and a legendary voice in tech. So an unpopular opinion should be like, computers were a mistake. Was, <laughs> was this all worth it? And how changing your name is a difficult, unsolved, and sometimes personally devastating problem in tech. I basically walk through this world through this minefield of not knowing when I'm going to have this like sort of deep emotional wound reopened. As well as how little known tools can have big productivity gains. And I think it gives me the sense of structure, which I really enjoy. And also you can color code different things. Each episode features interesting guests from diverse backgrounds who are active in the software space. This podcast is your place for burning tech questions, answers, and genuine conversations. And we also end each episode with commentary from the everyday developers who call Dev home. You'd be surprised how many things making music and coding have in common. True to the Dev community, Dev Discuss wouldn't be possible without the input from all of you. So listen, rate, and subscribe to Dev Discuss wherever you get your podcasts. It's kind of ended up being a little mini-series <laughs> accidentally. Oh my goodness. Depth first search is just so deep that uh that we're drowning. <laughs> Time moves slowly when you're off on a leaf wondering <laughs> how deep the tree really goes. Please stay tuned for my upcoming audiobook, a self-help book where I just talk like this the whole time. I would buy that. <laughs> I would buy that. I'm just saying, I would buy that. Okay, so let's do a quick recap of what depth first search. I'm I'm getting better at saying it. By the way, did mm-hmm. you notice? I depth have first yeah. search. A. It is a algorithm for traversing through. Well, technically, for traversing through graphs and trees. We're going to just talk about it, and we have been talking about it in the context of trees, as the name would suggest. You search through a tree data structure by going deep rather than going broad. So basically, the way to think about it is that once you start down a path in the tree, you don't stop searching through that path, through that branch, basically, until you get to the end of it, which is usually going to be a leaf node. So effectively, you're traversing down a branch of a tree data structure and then getting to the leaf and then working your way back up the trunk of the tree. So you're going deep instead of wide or broad. Okay, so what does this look like in code code? Because when we were walking through the strategies and seeing how it worked, we were, I mean, literally like looking at, you know, (laughs) looking at the tree and saying this, you know, we're going to go here and then jump over here. Uh, And I assume that's not how it works when you actually have to code it. So what does it look like in, in code? The first part of the answer to your question is, Understanding what you would, like how you would represent a node in code. Oh, I like that. <gasps> node in code. Node in code. There's ah! there is some this other merchant. Is such a great episode. <laughs> yeah. 
There's some other merchandising opportunity there, but I don't know what it is. That's like our sixth shirt. You're welcome, world. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, node and code. Mm -hmm. Yes. So to basically understand what a node looks like in when you would like write in code format, regardless of what language you use, it might seem kind of daunting, but actually it's pretty simple. And we'll think back to the three things that you do with a node. The three things you can ever do with a node is you can read the data that it has, and then you can look at its left child if it has one, and you can look at its right child if it has one. So Mm -hmm. we can often represent nodes as simply as maybe like a hash or a dictionary or some sort of structure that has three pieces of data. One piece of data is going to be whatever actual data it contains. So like, for example, if you had a node that had the number one, its data, its attribute called data would be one. Mm -hmm. And then it may or may not have children. And the two other things that are going to be in that node structure are a reference to a left node if it exists, and a reference to a right node if it exists. And that's it. So it's actually not too scary. That's not too bad. Yeah. You can probably visualize it too, right? In code, yeah. what you would, like, represent it as. Yeah, because I was thinking when we were walking through it, I felt like me explaining it in human English language was harder than <laughs> than what it sounds like it would look like in computer languages. Yeah, yeah. So that's the first part. So that's what a node looks like. and. Trees usually have many nodes, but we want to search through all of them. Yeah. And if we search through a tree structure using one strategy, we're going to use one strategy for the whole thing. So once we pick a strategy, we're pretty much going to continue to repeat that process. So imagine that we were running a pre-order search on a tree. We would first want to read the data of every single node that we are looking at. So for example, we're going to start with the root node. We'll read the data of that node. Then we'll need to do a search through the left reference. Mm -hmm. And then we'll eventually want to do a search through the right reference. So because we know that a node can only have three things inside of it, that function would actually be not too complicated. And we do know that at some point we're going to run a search with the left reference, run a search with the right reference, and also read the data. Mm -hmm. The difference between those three strategies is the order in which you do those things. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's not too bad. Yeah. And I think one of the cool things is you actually really only need to write one function, no matter which strategy you use, because you're going to do the same three steps, not just for the root node, but for every other node in the tree. Mm, Right. mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. basically you can write a recursive function where you define a function and then inside of it, you call itself again okay so where where would that happen how do i get from that first node which is yeah which is always the root node right Mm -hmm. and like at what what point would i be recursing recursing is that a word sure at what point would i be calling self (laughs) and (laughs) and uh inceptioning myself (laughs) at what point would i do that where does the dream end yeah Yes. Um, <laughs> so actually, let's let's keep going with that pre-order search example. So okay, let's okay. say that we have a function that's called pre-order search. We know that the first thing we'll do is pass that function the root node, right? Because we mm-hmm. have nothing else to go off of. That's that's the only piece of data we have. That's all we got. So the first mm-hmm. thing we'll do probably is the most important step that's very easy to forget is you want to check that the node actually exists. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. Because if the node doesn't exist, that means the tree is empty. Mm-hmm. But also... Oh. 
remember. Sounds a little sad. I know. It could be empty empty trees. Mm. Dead on the inside. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sure, we can take it there. (laughs) Like my soul. Um, well, it's, it's part of it is because the tree could be empty, but the other okay. thing is remember that this function that we write, because we're going to be, you know, s- clever and do some recursion, we need it to work for every single node that we pass into it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. initially mm-hmm. we'll mm-hmm. pass in the root node, but at some point we could be way down in the leaves and get to the end. And like, if we don't check that there is a node or not, mm-hmm. we're not giving a, like our recursive function a base case. And base cases are so important in recursion because that's when you tell the function, hey, stop calling yourself. Please stop. We're done. <laughs> Otherwise. You look like an idiot. We're finished here. <laughs> <Got it. laughs> yeah. You have to tell the recursive function, like, what is the scenario in which you must stop doing what you're doing and exit out? Mm, okay. And that is like a little reference to our to a previous episode we had in like, um, I don't know. Which which season was it? One, two? I don't know. Oh. I've gotten so old. There's just so many. <laughs> <laughs> but there was there we had an episode about Stack Overflows and like mm-hmm, I remember mm-hmm. we were talking about like bacon and stuff. Um, good episode. Oh, you should go back and listen so to it good. if you haven't. Basically, if you don't tell if you don't tell a function when to stop, it'll just keep calling itself if it's recursive. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. checking that a node exists or not is how you make sure we don't end up in a Stack Overflow situation. Okay. So we'll check that a node exists. Then, because we're doing pre-order search, the first thing we want to do is read our own data. So depending on what language you're using, you could be like printing it out or putting it on a line, whatever, Uh, just logging it. It doesn't really matter. But you're going to read the data of the node that you pass in first. And then Mm -hmm. you want to look at the left node and look at the right node. But then you want to do the same steps with that too, right? For the left node, you're going to want to read the data, look at its left, look Mm -hmm. at its right. And for the right node, you eventually are going to want to do that also. So what you can actually do is call the same function that you've just defined inside of that function, and you can pass it the left node and pass it the right node. Oh. Okay. So when this whole time when we've been saying we want to look at the left, look at the right, in code terms, what we're really saying is we want to call the function that we are already inside of on the left and then call the function that we are already inside of on the right node. Totally. Yeah. And then, Whoa. yeah, yeah, it's kind of wild because it's kind of like a an on, it's like a Russian doll situation or like an envelope yeah. within an envelope where for each node, you know, you're going to have a bunch of function calls inside of it, which will have more function calls inside of it, but it's all the same function. Yeah. And the reason it can work oh, like man. that is because it's the same steps you're taking each time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so that makes sense because when we were walking through the the node hopping that we were doing uh, when we were just, just walking through it out loud, we kept saying, okay, now we're on the left, but in order to do the left, we have to check the left's left. And then now that we're on that node, that we have to check the left. And we just kind of kept going without resolving anything. Yeah. So that's that's what we're talking about now in terms of the code. Like the, the not resolving it part happens because in investigating that left node, we have to now call its own function on the left node, and that calls it on its left node, and that calls it on its left, and then it just kind of goes all the way down till we hit our leaf. And then what do you, like, I bet you can imagine what happens. Like, what would you guess happens when you get to the leaf? Like, what part of the function fires and does the resolving? Okay, so if I am all the way at the leaf, and I am kicking off my function all over again, 
then, okay, so I just got to my leaf, so I'm going to say, is node there? Yes, node, node is there, so I'm not exiting yet. And then I would say, okay, pre-order search node.left, and it'd be like, nope, because that's, that's, oh, 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 I lied, I lied. It would call my <laughs> pre-order search <laughs> node.left, and then we would kick off that function again, mm -hmm. this time for um, for the, the left node of the leaf, which doesn't exist because mm -hmm. it's a leaf. Mm -hmm. So at the start of that new function I just called, it will say, if node is null return, and there is no node, so if node is null returns true, which means it will return, which means the pre-order search node left check that we just kicked off finally resolves itself and returns back to my leaf's pre-order search function call. Yep. And the same yeah. thing would happen to the right too. And so you've just, yeah. that's, that's the important little bit of checking that mm -hmm, the node exists because mm -hmm. not only does it prevent a stack overflow, but that's like, that's your base case. That's how you resolve that whole tree yeah. situation that we were talking about last week. And that's so important because that's how you work your way back up to the trunk, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would do the same thing on the right. So then on the right, I would go, okay, I need to pass my right node into my pre-order search function. I would do that. And then it would say, node, are you there? Node is not there. Returns, which means I'm, I'm now out of my function. Now I'm back at my leaf. And now that I'm back inside my leaf, that's the end of the leaf's function call. So then that resolves. Mm-hmm. And now it gets kicked up to the leaf's parent node, right? Yep. Yep, parent node. And then if at that point we were in my, um, yeah, at that point we'd probably be in like the left child, the left node, right? Probably, yeah. So if you are the left one, then, or yeah, if that was the left one, then you'd have to go to the right one next. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you, yeah, you just keep calling functions if, until you get to a leaf. And then once you're done, you you resolve yourself and you go back up. Yep. And it's kind of like you can imagine that there hmm. are like um, little boxes within boxes or the Russian doll image yeah, that I like. Yeah, yeah. It's like once you get to the littlest one, you're like, all right, well, nothing left to open here. I'm mm -hmm. going to put it back inside the, the box it came in, close that, and mm -hmm. put that back inside of its parent box and close that. And eventually you like kind of zip your way back up to the top. Yeah. Huh. Very, very cool. Okay. So all of that um, sounds like a lot of work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was, it was, you know, it's why it's, it's taken us three episodes to cover depth for search. Uh, there's a lot going on. It, it's pretty hard. How hard is it? When we talk about how hard an algorithm is, what people will categorize as something being difficult or taking a lot of work um, has to do with big O notation, which we've talked about in previous episodes. Mm-hmm. What we really want to know is how hard is it in terms of how much time it takes and how hard is it in terms of how much like memory and space it's going to take to do this algorithm. Mm. And you can kind of evaluate algorithms based on time and space. And that's why big O notation is also called uh, the space-time complexity ah. of an algorithm. But I think you can also evaluate it just in terms of time or just in terms of space. Okay, so in today's day and age of modern computing, do I care more about the time? Do I care more about the space? Am I optimizing for doing well on both? I think what you really want to do is try to, try to find a decent, reasonable uh, solution to both because you do care okay. about both time and space. 
But sometimes what a lot of people will do is when they're writing algorithms or they're fusing, you know, two different algorithms together and trying to leverage both parts of them, which does happen, what you want to do is like try to find the best algorithm that works in terms of not just the data structure you're using, but the problem you're trying mm. to solve. So sometimes you might mm. have more space that you're ready to allocate. And so space is like, you know, it's okay if it's not the best. And sometimes you might not care about it being super fast. And so at that point, you might pick something that has really good space complexity and maybe is a little slower. So it's it's always yeah. a trade-off. But generally, you do want to care about both because a t- an algorithm that doesn't take up very much space but then just takes forever mm. isn't great either. Yeah, that's true. That is all I found. Okay, so going back to depth for search, I think one of the things that's really weird about that algorithm is it feels super risky, right? Because if my my number, the number that I'm looking for is in that very, in, in the furthest leftmost you know, part of the, the tree and I'm picking my, let's say I'm picking my, uh, one of my three strategies, my pre-order strategy, for example, mm-hmm. even if it's a leaf, but it's in that first, you know, path, right? Mm-hmm. Then I can get there pretty fast, right? So depth first search sounds awesome. But if it's the leaf on my furthest right one, and it's, you know, the one of the last ones that maybe I, I go through, then that kind of sucks <laughs> and depending <laughs> on you know like how many how many kids i have and you know all mm-hmm. this like it just it just feels like it could be super fast or take for forever yeah so when we're trying to quantify it in terms of big o notation how would we do that so yeah it is risky exactly as you mentioned um and so when we talk about big o notation we're usually talking about it in the context of the worst case So you evaluate any algorithm's big O notation imagining, hey, say I do want to look for the rightmost leaf all the way deep down. What is the worst situation for me? And that's kind of like how you evaluate because that's that's kind of the worst case scenario for any algorithm. Obviously, best case is like you're looking for the root node. Ta-da, you found it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations. But but you always want to like think of it in the context of very worst case what's going to happen mm-hmm. because yeah i don't know what that says about computer science but planning for the worst <laughs> <laughs> but that is how you evaluate big o notation so in terms of mm. talking about how much time something takes or how much space the answer is always in terms of how much time if we're looking at the worst case scenario and how much space if we're looking at the worst case scenario so in terms of time the question is yeah how how long would it if we're looking for the the last the last thing then how long would it take to get to that very last thing, right? Yeah. So if you had a tree with like 10 nodes and you're looking at the worst case scenario, the worst case scenario is probably like the rightmost leaf. So like say you had the numbers 1 through 10 and like mm-hmm. you're looking mm-hmm. for 10 and you had to search. Say mm-hmm. you did like an in-order search where you are looking at the left and then looking at a node, the data, and then the right, which is LDR. In that situation, if you're looking at the largest thing, the rightmost leaf all the way at the bottom, you are going to have to search through everything that comes before it. So if you're looking through numbers 1 through 10, you have to search through numbers 1 through 9 before you get to 10. And that's the worst case. Mm -hmm, The worst mm -hmm, case is mm -hmm. I'm looking for the number 10 and I had to search through everything before that. And so the answer in terms of the time complexity is, well, in the worst case, you could potentially look through every node in the tree. Yeah. The best case is, hey, you're looking for the first one. Yeah. But worst case is you're looking through every node. 10 is the number of nodes. 
Um, and so the way that we would talk about that is the the time complexity of depth first search is O of N, where mm. as the number of nodes grows, the amount of time it'll take How you it takes? will increase. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. So what about for space complexity? What do we look at for that? Mm, this is a good one. In terms of the space complexity, recursion ends up being a big part of that because, as you'll recall, every time we recurse in a function, we have to add something to the stack. Yes. Because every function allocates space, and every time you call a function, you allocate a stack frame. So if you have a recursive function and you're going very, very deep inside of the tree, then Mm -hmm. every node you check is adding another function call to the stack. So you can imagine that if you are looking through a tree and it's very, very deep and you go all the way down to the leaf, but say the leaf is like 50 nodes deep, mm-hmm. then the worst case scenario, you're looking for a node that is a leaf and it just takes you a long time to get there. Because as you mentioned, it's a lot of work, right? So mm-hmm. you could be going very, very deep and then finally find the node you're looking for, but you had to go all the way down this branch to get there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. along the way, you had to allocate all this space for every single recursive function call. And now your call stack is, actually, maybe you can tell me this. What do you think the call stack correlates to? So if I'm starting at my root node, then I have my very first function call, Mm -hmm. which is my pre-order search, and then I'm passing in my root node. Let's just call it node one. Mm -hmm. And then within that, I know that part of the function is looking at my left node and calling the pre-order search function on that left node, which in this case, we'll call it node two. So now I have two stack frames. I have my my one from node one and then my new function call from node two. And then within my node two function call, it's going to say, um, okay, I need you to look at uh, my, my left node. So let's assume like there was a right node from the root, but we aren't on that one yet. And if that one was three, then the left node of my node two would be node four. So then now I'm calling the pre-order search function on node four. Mm -hmm. So I've added a third stack frame Mm -hmm. onto my call stack. And as we know, as we can probably guess, in my pre-order search function call for node four, I'm going to say, okay, I need to look to my you know, left node, and that's going to call a new pre-order search function call on its left node. And that's my fourth and final stack frame added to the call stack. And if that is my uh, my leaf, then that's it. That's the last one. So I have four stack frames that I need to resolve, I guess, that I need to to go through to be able to get to my leaf. Yeah, exactly. The important bit about that is that that represents an amount of memory, right? That's how much memory your right. your machine needs. Your It's how much memory is on the stack for that one function. So when you had to go four functions deep, which basically means like four nodes deep, I guess, mm-hmm. you had to allocate four function calls worth of memory in order to even get to that point where you could check it. So mm. imagine that instead of four, you had 40 how much memory that would have required, right? Got it, yeah. So the space complexity of depth-first search is really closely tied to that. Okay, but there are other leafs 
right? Yeah. Like there are other other leaves. Jesus Christ, there are other leaves, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, there are other leaves. So even though for the the very to get to that first leaf, I had to call, um, I had to make four function calls, which means four stack frames. If that leaf is not actually the node that I'm looking for, the data I'm looking for, I will still have to add and and call more functions and therefore have more stack frames. But I guess the the key is that to get to that leaf and to kind of like get back up and call like a, a new one, I will have resolved it. So I'll basically have I'll be like removing and kicking off these stack frames. Exactly. You'll you'll be it? popping okay. those Yeah, as they get resolved. Yeah, you'll be popping those off the stack. So Mm. it's never going to be – like your stack frames are never going to be the number of nodes you have because Mm. the way that we kind of crafted this function is that you're only going to recurse through the children and you're only going to recurse till you get to a leaf. So pretty much the worst situation in terms of memory for you is you have a very, very deep tree. And in that case, depending on how deep you go – you could have lots of stack frames. But deep is actually not even the right word for it. The real technical term is the height of a tree, which is the distance between the root node and its furthest away leaf. Okay, that makes sense. So in the process of, you know, trying to find this one node, I could call the function, you know, 20 times, 30 times. I could call it a million times. Mm-hmm. But but the most amount of stack frames that I would have at one time is the height of the tree. And I would never have more than that that I would need to have on my call stack at once. Totally. Yeah. The the height mm. of the tree will tell you, oh, this is like the deepest recursive function call that I could have, which means this is the most amount of memory that I could need for this algorithm at any given mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. So if you have a tree that's like five levels deep, eh, okay. Like, Five recursive mm-hmm. calls is not terrible. But if you have a tree that's like five million levels deep, uh, mm-hmm, that, that could mm-hmm. that could uh, be a lot of memory that you don't even realize you require if you end up searching yeah. through a deep part of the the tree, maybe the, the yeah. furthest away leaf. You could be looking for that node and then find yourself in a bad situation <laughs> out on a branch, so to speak. <laughs> oh. Okay. So, so basically, if I have a couple of different leaves but the first leaf i hit i i only need to go through you know three levels to get there then in that situation my call stack is only three stack frames Mm -hmm. but if i have my one my one trouble leaf who is 10 levels in and then that would mean that the worst case scenario is that my call stack would be 10 stack frames Hi. Hi, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that goes back to the whole point of um, big notation trying to capture the worst case scenario. So best case scenario, I only you know need one stack frame or maybe three stack frames. But because of that height, because of that one pathway that has 10 different levels, I need to be ready in terms of memory. Mm-hmm. I need to be ready to have 10 stack frames in my call stack. Mm-hmm. And the way that you would talk about that is you you could say that in terms of space complexity, the big O notation of this depth first search algorithm is O of H. And H oh. usually is used to represent the height of a tree. Okay, and with that, we have finally completed depth first search. And I think we got to the 
bottom of things. (laughs) 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 Which means that next episode, we're going to talk about a different type of search. We're going to get into breath first search. Question, are they at all related? Can we transfer some concepts and ideas from depth first search into the breadth first search world? Definitely. In fact, I think we're more well suited to learn about breadth first search because we've already covered so many of the basic things about nodes and stuff. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, if you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and make sure to check out Vitahee's blog post. Link is in the show notes. Also, make sure to take a listen to the Dev Discuss podcast that I help make. It's the first original podcast from Dev, a global community of software developers of all backgrounds and experience levels. And the show covers burning topics that impact the daily lives of programmers and beyond. Hosted by Dev co-founders Ben Halpern and Jess Lee. Vitahit, you want to say goodbye? Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. See you next week. But the most, but the highest, the highest, the highest, the biggest? (laughs) Tallest. (laughs) Ha <laughs> <Not> ha <tall. laughs>